Looking for inspiring destinations, incredible places to stay, and the most exciting bucket list experiences to travel to next? Welcome to Destination Everywhere with hospitality and travel entrepreneurs Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. Having traveled to over 100 countries, Todd and Andy bring you unique perspectives with celebrities in the know, hospitality experts, and native connoisseurs to discover must-dos and inspirational destinations to plan your next trip for business or pleasure. So pack your bags and get ready as we bring you Destination Everywhere with Todd and Andy. Isolated islands, intriguing histories, and rich culture can be discovered outside the resorts and tourist attractions, but you need to know where to look and how to traverse there safely. Today we are interviewing Emmy Award-winning journalist Peter Greenberg. This CBS travel editor has dug up some of the best-kept secrets in the Caribbean, Egypt, Dominican Republic, Western Europe, and more, and he's ready to share those with us today. Peter will also share his best travel advice and personal stories. Travel is about adventure and exploration, and you're sure to find that spirit ignited in today's episode of Destination Everywhere with award-winning travel journalist Peter Greenberg. Welcome, everyone, to Destination Everywhere. I'm Andy McNeil, along with Todd Bloodworth, and boy, do we have a show for you today. You know, we're always trying to bring you guys the greatest guests, and today we have CBS travel journalist Peter Greenberg, and he is going to provide us his hidden gems, so special places that he has been all over the world, and boy, does he have a resume. Todd, what are you looking forward to today? I'm definitely looking forward to hearing about his travels. You know, specifically, uh, we're going to talk about Rwanda, Portugal, Chile, Egypt, the Dominican Republic. And he's also going to share with us uh, an experience about the pyramids in Egypt and one of his experiences about his best trip and how he saw the pyramids. And, and I think we'll take a lot away from that, but really looking forward to it. And we talked to Peter earlier today, and because of that, he provided so many great ideas. We're actually going to split this into two shows. So there's going to be a part one and a part two. So let's learn a little bit about Peter Greenberg. Welcome back to this episode of Destination Everywhere. I'm really excited to speak with our next guest. He is a multiple Emmy-winning investigative reporter and producer, and he's probably one of the most recognized faces and voices when it comes to travel. He is has several projects. He's got the Travel Detective, Eye on Travel radio show on CBS. He's been on every network, PBS, NBC, ABC, CBS, radio. So welcome, Peter Greenberg. You know, I'd like to start off with a little bit about, you know, your background, kind of pre-travel and how you got into this. I'm still an investigative reporter. People always make the mistake of saying, well, how did you make the transition from journalism to travel? And I go, stop right there. There is no transition. I'm an investigative reporter who's applied my techniques to the largest service industry in the world, travel and tourism. And it goes back to my days as a correspondent for Newsweek, doing a lot of investigative reporting there, but not necessarily in travel. However, I was doing a lot of traveling. I was always the guy with a suitcase in the trunk of my car. I was the first at the scene of something. And it dawned on me very early on in my career that nobody was covering travel or transportation as news. They were doing, you know, breasted large women at the beach with a wine glass and thinking that was helping somebody. <laughs> and no. So what I did using my access as a journalist, and this is back on the West Coast in Los Angeles, I inserted myself in the process of travel. I trained as a pilot. I trained as a flight attendant. I trained loading baggage. I trained on a ship. I trained in every aspect of the ship. The only thing I haven't done is train conductor. And 
And so when I did that, I realized, how could I ever explain the product if I don't understand the process? And that's allowing me then to work with the guys at the NTSB on airplane safety, to work at the FAA, to work with all the mechanics, everything, every single aspect of the process of travel from airplanes to ships, rental cars, you name it. That's what I did. And nobody was doing that then. And so I started a column in the Chicago Tribune literally 40 years ago when nobody cared. But there was one travel editor there who took a chance on me and we put it on the second page of the travel section every Sunday. And it was called the Savvy Traveler. And we named names, good, bad and ugly. And it basically started shaking things up because people were actually getting information they could use as opposed to the breast and large women on the beach. Right. We started from there. It went from one newspaper to 60. I ended up then on ABC for seven years on Good Morning America, then 14 years on the Today Show, and for the last 11 years on CBS. So it's very clear I cannot hold a job. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's very clear you're in demand and and you're getting pulled in one one direction or another. Yeah. So Peter, today we're here to talk to you about a project that you have called Hidden Gems, which is right up our alley because we take our clients all over the world and we are always looking for special and unique things to do them for wherever we go. And you've got an entire series about it. So tell us a little bit about Hidden Gems, where the idea came from, how it kind of blossomed into what you're working on now. And then we'd love to dive in and talk about some of these uh, destinations and some of the special things that you found. Well, Hidden James evolved from another series that I've done for for the last 20 years called the Royal Tour. And what the Royal Tour is, it's going to sound crazy, but I've literally been doing this for 20 years. I go to individual sitting heads of state, kings, presidents, prime ministers, and I get them to give me the impossible. Seven days of their schedule just devoted to me. Oh, wow. Then they have no right of review, no editorial control. We take their people out of it. And for the next seven days, it's two guys on a road trip going entirely the way all the way through their country. Just happens to be that one of them runs the country. (laughs) And so we've done it with everybody from the King of Jordan to the president of Rwanda to the president of Mexico, the prime minister of New Zealand. We've done so many of them over the last 20 years. And inevitably what happened, we finished the show and we'd love it and they'd love it. And and by the way, the first time they would see it was when we premiered it. Nobody was allowed to see it because we were not going to get second guest. And we weren't doing a postcard from the tourist board. We were doing two guys on the road and whatever happened, happened. And at the end of that, an interesting thing happened. So many people within those countries would come to me and say, well, you didn't come here. And, and you know, you didn't shoot over here. And you know, we did Mexico. Well, there are 32 states in Mexico. Yeah. We only shot six of them. So I pissed off 26 governors. <laughs> you know, we're saying, what, you, you need to come back. And I figured, you know what? Let's do that. Let's come back, but we're going to do it under my terms. And that's how Hidden Gems started. So we have a rule. We have a rule. If it's in the guidebook or the brochure, we're not going. Number two, if there's a gift shop, we're not going. In fact, our second mantra is no gift shop. If there's a TripAdvisor logo on the window, we're not going. (laughs) So really unique stuff. Well, authentic and genuine. And then the only time we'll make an exception, I'll give you an example, is if I was doing the Hidden Gems of Paris, the last thing you'd ever expect me to tell you is about the Eiffel Tower. Absolutely. Unless I know the guy who goes in there every night at eight o'clock at night and lights it up and I get to go with him. That's a hidden gem. We can do that every once in a while if it makes sense. And also if it's accessible to our audience. If it's not accessible to our audience, then I'm doing a bad version of Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous and I should go home. Gotcha. So, and that's how the gem started. 
Tell us about some hidden gems in Rwanda, things that you've done or you would recommend for our listeners to do if they ever get the opportunity to go. Well, of course, this is not a hidden gem. You got to go see the mountain gorillas. That's one of the reasons why so many people go there. But here's the hidden gem. You go to the local markets and you get on the back of a motorcycle and you hold on tight because that's the guy who's driving you (laughs) and he is fearless. And when you go into the market, if you know where to look, there are the women there who literally are tailors and you just pick whatever fabric you want. And an hour later, you've got a shirt. And I mean, just really cool stuff like that. There's a flourishing arts community there, really cutting edge artists. And if you go to the workshops, not the museums, the workshops, you get to paint with them. I mean, how cool is that? Absolutely amazing. I failed art in high school, so this is big for me. (laughs) So in the U.S., just uh, U.S. proper, what is your hidden gem in the U.S. that surprises you to this day? Well, it's not one. There are many. But one that I have great fondness for and go back there every time I can is Madison, Wisconsin. If you take a look at Madison, Wisconsin, first of all, nobody understands how great that state is. But second of all, here's a city that's not only the, the heartbed of the of the university, but it's the capital of the state. It's surrounded by four lakes. And if you look at the map, it's a beautiful natural hub to explore the entire state in one day trips and you see everything. And then what you really see, which in the days I was acquiring stuff, now I'm just trying to give it away. But in the days I was acquiring stuff on a Saturday or Sunday, you go out there for the farm auction. Oh my God. You know, you see like one owner Ford Falcons from 1970 with 30,000 miles on them buy that car. Oh my goodness. And it's sort of like, the reason why I love that show, American Pickers, that's what I was doing. (laughs) That's the farm auction, but it's an amazing state and highly underrated. And what about, I want to just hit continents for a second. If you could get on a plane tomorrow and pick a place in Europe, where would you buy that ticket for? Well, I would buy that ticket for Portugal. And the reason is, let's face it, Portugal is the kingdom of a dead empire. If you ask the Portuguese, hey, what's happening? They want to talk about Vasco da Gama. It's okay. You're going to be okay. Their currency is devalued against the dollar, so it's a bargain. They're incredibly honest and, and hospitable. The food is world-class. The fishing is world-class. And if you really want to have fun, go to the Azores. That's where you really want to go. That's incredible. Uh, because you know that clock, is it's a time warp. It's the best. Because you talked about the Azores, and I've always wanted to go, and I've never been. And I watched your piece on it, and I'd love to know what your experience was there. You've probably been several times, but I've always heard really special things about it because it is kind of separated from the coast. Tell us about your experience there and what people could expect. Well, first of all, you're right. It is separated. It's another world. You know, turn the clock back about 80 years and you're in good shape. So you have 2020 technology, but, you know, 1960 lifestyle. And to me, that's the best combination. People are not in a rush. They're very much members of every village. The food, as I said, is, is incredible. What I really loved about it, and if you saw the piece, you saw it. I love their bullfight. Oh, my God. They don't kill the bull. It's not really a bullfight. There's no matador. It's kind of crazy. And if you take a look at why those bullfights started that way, it was for the men to impress the ladies. That's how they courted the ladies. Ah, good to and, know. And, oh, yeah. But go back and take a look at some of the videos, either that we shot or that were shot in some other bullfights. It gets pretty wild. But again, the nice thing is they don't kill the bull. You've had some adventures in the Dominican, obviously. You've done surfing there, ATVing at Barbaro Adventure Park. Yep. The cigar factory. I saw a picture of you uh, puffing on a cigar. I was making my own cigar, yeah. And by the way, this wasn't at the, uh, you know, the big cigar makers. It was a small, small family owned place where you had the access to go in there with the guys who were really doing it and learn it, learn how they do it. Uh, Not because they demonstrate it to tour buses. 
You just asked, hey, can I do it? Yeah, you can. Like South America. Do you have any area of South America that really stands out to you that you've been to that you could give some some great tips to our listeners? Well, there are so many, but I will tell you that yeah. the one country that has it all is Chile. You take this little string bean of a country that comes down the left-hand side, and they have the driest desert in the world, the Atacama. They've got the Andes. They've got the Lake District out of, out of Santiago. And then you go down south, and of course, it's Patagonia time, and all the way down to the Antarctic. And it's amazing. I can't get enough of that. There's this little fishing village called La Serena, which goes down back to the early 19th century. If I could figure out a way to live there, I would. I mean, it's great. Now, are there great places in Argentina? You bet. Great places in Brazil, if they could ever get their act together? You bet. There are even great places in Paraguay, but they never have gotten their act together, which is too bad. And the real sleeper is Uruguay. That is a home run. One of the things in your Egypt piece, you talked about the best time to go to the pyramids. So uh, tell us a little bit about um, some secrets around that, because if you've been, it's a madhouse uh, for obvious reasons, but you had a great tip for people. Well, you know what? Remember I say I disobey all signage? (laughs) I apply that to the pyramids, to the Taj Mahal, to the Great Wall of China. I can go on and on. And everybody says, oh, you can't do that. Well, guess what? Yes, you can. I tell my guys at the hotel, I want to hire a car and a driver at 3.30 in the morning. They go, why? I said, I want to go out to Giza. But there's nobody there. Right. Exactly. And then I call ahead. And and up until recently, and I'll tell you what they just did. But up until recently, there were stables out there that had beautiful Arabian horses. And I would basically have to make sure that they had the horse ready for me at 4.15. I would get on the horse. Whoever was going with me would get on the horse. And we'd ride out into the desert. And there we were at the pyramids, just two of us or three of us on the horse, watching the sun come over the pyramids. That's the experience you want to have. There's a hidden gem. Right. That's the experience you want to have getting up early in, in Agra for the, the, the Taj Mahal or in Beijing near the, near the Great Wall. Because when you're finished with that experience and you ride back into the stables, then you see the parade of tour buses with people screaming and yelling and you know you've made the right decision. And what about you talked about St. Catherine's Monastery as well? Uh, St. Catherine's Monastery, this goes back a long time. Somebody said to me one day, you know what? You want to go see St. Catherine's Monastery? And uh, this is many years ago. And I said, sure. They said, you want to climb it? I said, yeah, sure. Yeah, they neglected to tell me the the monk who built it was doing penance for God knows what, but it must have been really bad (laughs) because he made the steps three and a half feet apart going up. Try climbing three and a half feet steps, right? And you do it at night. You do it at night when it's cooler. And I did it. And I'm telling you, I thought I was going to die, but I got up there <laughs> and it was an amazing moment to be up there sitting there at about 435 in the morning, just as the moon was going down and the sun was coming up. And there it was. And there's, you know, there's a monastery up there. It was just amazing. We went back, as I'm sure you saw it. We went back again last year or, the year, or a year and a half ago and shot it again. Peter, where can people find you? You know, you've got several projects. Where can our listeners go to see and listen to you and your different shows and projects that you have going on? Well, our website has the most imaginative name, petergreenberg.com. Uh, but if you go on that website, you'll be able to listen to Eye on Travel, the CBS radio show. If you can't find a station in your market, we stream it live every Saturday, tomorrow included, if you happen to be watching. Saturday live from 10.05 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. You'll also find out what we're doing, all of our projects on PBS. Uh, the Royal Tour or the Travel Detective or Hidden. And then, of course, CBS. You'll see me on CBS this morning or the CBS Evening News. 
and on CBS Sunday morning. Well, Peter, we will absolutely be watching and you're an absolute joy. And thank you so much for sharing all these great gems and hidden secrets with, with our guest. And we look forward to seeing you on the road sometime soon. Well, hopefully as we turn the corner, we will all be back on the road. As long as we behave responsibly, we will be. Well, we want to take you out to lunch or dinner when we make it up to New York. We wish you the best of luck and continued conversation. You're absolutely fantastic. Enjoyed every minute of it. Hey, thanks, guys. I enjoyed it, too. Thanks. Thank you, Peter. Thanks, Peter. Welcome back. We'd really like to thank Peter. Peter's been an absolutely amazing guest. In fact, so wonderful. We're going to have a second show with the rest of our discussion with him. So Andy, what did you think about today's discussion? Yeah, just so many just great ideas. And speaking of great ideas, on the next episode, we're going to do additional travel tips, conversations with people he's met over the years, where to stop first when you go to a destination, his personal recommendation, and how to really, really make personal connections that will change how you travel. So we're really excited. And I think there's one more thing to there's something about Red October. Yep. Peter actually has a really interesting connection with the movie Hunt for Red October. So I'm really looking forward to hearing how he ties in with that fantastic movie. So that said, we will be ready for part two. And right now we'd like to close this episode and thank our wonderful team at Destination Everywhere. We have Chris Jordan, our copywriter. We have Annie Fernandez, our creative director. And of course, the amazing Lauren Campbell, our podcast producer. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your preferred podcast app by going to www.destination-everywhere.com and let us know what hidden gems you'd like to uncover next on Destination Everywhere. Safe travels. You've just tuned in to another episode of Destination Everywhere with travel and hospitality entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. To access the show notes and other helpful resources, visit destination-everywhere.com. Join us again next week for another bucket list filled show as we feature another travel-worthy destination. Until next time, travel well and be safe out there.